Welcome to Right Beside You, a Read Health podcast. I'm Prakash Chandran, and I invite you to listen as we discuss transcatheter aortic valve replacement, or TAVR for short. Joining me is Dr. Jathendra Chowdhury, a cardiologist at Read Health. So first of all, Dr. Chowdhury, it's great to have you here today. I was hoping you could start by giving us a basic explanation around what TAVR is. TAVR means transaortic valve replacement. That means we replace the aortic valve, which is one of the major valves in the heart, which actually opens to let the heart pump blood to the rest of your body. And when that's not opening as well, we replace that valve. Previously, the only option was to have open heart surgery to have it replaced. Now we can do it percutaneously, which means without open heart surgery, most of the time through your leg, through the femoral artery, and replace it that way. Okay, that makes sense. So let's now talk more specifically around how it's actually done and how the procedure is different from open heart surgery. For the traditional open heart surgery, you would generally go under bypass and they would have to open your chest and then go in there, open the aorta, cannulate the aorta, and then replace the valve, put a new valve in and sew it in and then close everything and come out. And it would take several days to recover, obviously, because it's a pretty major surgery. But for the last 17, 18 years, the first one was done in 2002, but more commonly it's being done in the last five to ten years. We have found a way where it's not as invasive. The analogy I would give is something like open surgery versus laparoscopic surgery. Even laparoscopic surgery still has a little bit of a holes and other things you have to put. But in this case, and there are several approaches, but the most common approach is called the transfemoral, where we gain access to the femoral artery, which is an artery in your leg and then put some tubes and we have special devices, valves and with newer technology where we can advance it through your leg into the aorta, which is the major artery which comes out the heart and get down to the valve and place it appropriately and inflate it with the balloon and that way situate it at the right place. We could do this under general anesthesia or even sometimes under conscious sedation and you wouldn't be having any scars or any other surgical issues. If everything goes well, a lot of people do go home the next day. Wow, just the next day. That is incredible. So let's talk about who is a good candidate for TAVR. Initially, when we started, anybody with severe aortic stenosis, which means the aortic valve is not opening and is severely stenosed with symptoms, would be a candidate. But initially, we had only extremely high-risk and prohibitive-risk patients, which means these patients were generally very high-risk for surgery uh, or had prohibitive risk for surgery where they couldn't even consider doing surgery. Those were the people we were doing in the initial phase, and now we have more data for people with intermediate risk and, and low-risk patients. So everybody would be potentially eligible for TAVR, depending on whether if they are suitable for the procedure, which would be assessed by doing a CAT scan 
which would give us detailed images of the valve and also the arteries in the legs and the aorta, which we need to be able to know for sure whether we can access it that way or not. Generally, we try not to do very young patients because there is a chance that the TAVR valve could degenerate faster than the regular surgical valve, and we don't have data on durability for a long time. And also sometimes if younger patients have a, what we call a bicuspid valve, which means your aortic valve normally has three leaflets instead of that if it just has two leaflets. Or there are some other issues with calcium or a very small aorta and things like that, then we would prefer surgery. But potentially all patients, if they wish, could be a candidate for this procedure at this point in time. So let's talk about the success rate of TAVR and if there are any risks that people should be aware of. The success rate currently is pretty high, about 95%. Again, a lot of this depends on patient selection. That's why we have the heart team approach, which means we have several interventional cardiologists and surgeons on a team, along with other staff who assist us with this, and then we get all the necessary CT scans and workup, including pulmonary function tests and other things. Then the patient will see an interventional cardiologist and a cardiothoracic surgeon, and then we discuss it in a meeting, and then we decide what would be the best option for a particular patient. The success rate of the procedure itself is extremely high. It's very rare that we can get a valve in. Off late, we mostly do transfemoral procedures, but there are other accesses. If we can't get through the transfemoral, then we can do what we call subclavian, which is an artery around your neck. We can do axillary, which is an artery in your shoulder pit. We could do a carotid access, which is in your neck, or we could go directly to the aorta. So there are other options, but just doing transfemoral caver, the success rate is around 95%. Yeah, that is definitely very high. What about any risks that people should be aware of? When compared to surgery with TAVR, there is an increased chance that you may end up with a pacemaker following the surgery. The chance of having major vascular complications, which means complications with the arteries, is also higher. Those would be the two main things. And also there is increased leaking of the aortic valve, which is known to give you a worse prognosis than if you can have it. So those would be the major drawbacks of TAVR when compared to surgical aortic valve replacement. But overall, mortality and death for both procedures is similar. In the most recent study, maybe at 30 days, it was even superior to surgery. But at two years, everything was equally poised. So everything was equal in terms of overall mortality and uh, death and disability. But the advantages are that you would have less bleeding, less atrial fibrillation, you would have less strokes, and less kidney injury. And on the flip side, you would have an increased need for a pacemaker. You could have increased incidence of valve leaks and you could have increased incidence of major vascular complications. Okay, and just for clarity, one of the other things that you mentioned was that you try not to do this procedure on younger people because 
the durability of the valves just really isn't known yet. So can you maybe speak to what you do know around how long these TAFR valves usually last? At about 10 years, about 40 to 50% of valves so far from what we know, maybe we don't have the newer ones in that long, have some kind of degeneration, which means either they leak or there is some problem with it. Okay. So they're coming up with new models, which could potentially last a lot longer and could help us with that. But if somebody is less than 60 years, then we, you know, we potentially expect them to live into their 80s at least. And in that case, we may have to redo the procedure, which is put another valve in the valve which exists. And potentially we would like to avoid that. Also younger patients, you know, they might need other procedures. Sometimes when we do the TAVR valves, it's hard to get to the arteries which supply blood to the heart so that if you're having a problem there, it would be harder for us to do stents and other procedures. That's why preferably we would like to avoid doing this procedure on younger patients. Understood. So in theory, though, from what you're saying, there's a possibility like every 10 to 15 years, you would kind of need to replace that valve. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Every 10 years in about 50% of the patients, it could last longer. But we do uh, think that the newer ones would last much longer. Okay. But we don't know that for a fact because uh, time hasn't elapsed yet. There are patients in study, they follow them up every year, up to 10 years. Okay. And then we would have the data for the latest valves. So any other benefits besides the obvious benefits of getting TAVR? You know, you also mentioned the quick recovery time. What other benefits can patients expect after getting TAVR? So if they are having symptoms like shortness of breath or heart failure, they can expect their heart function to recover. If they're fatigued, weak, they would have more energy, they just have more blood flowing, flowing to the rest of their body, so they would be doing a lot better. That's either with TAVR or with surgical valve replacement. Specifically with TAVR, there is a less incidence of stroke when you compare to surgery. Um, there is less chance of developing atrial fibrillation, which is an irregular heart rhythm. There is less chance of developing acute kidney injury, which means damage to your kidneys. There's less chance of bleeding. You know, those would be the advantages to the procedure. So let's say someone is listening to this and they're trying to make a decision uh, on whether or not TAVR is right for them. You know, and they're trying to balance all of the benefits we talked about with the risks that you just mentioned. What's a good framework or what's a good way for them to think about making this decision for themselves? I would recommend highly that they see their cardiologist and discuss this in detail. And then once they have all the options, they can then see a surgeon and then we go through the heart team approach and make a recommendation. And that's a recommendation which is done after reviewing all the studies and giving every consideration to all possible risks and benefits. And I would suggest that patients follow that advice. And Dr. Chowdhury, just before we close, is there anything else that you would like our audience to know about getting TAVR? Just that it's getting more and more common and it's uh, very safe and the results are very good. 
and it would be an excellent option for people who are candidates. And as I said, all patients will be vetted through the heart team approach. And if they are candidates for this procedure, then this would be an excellent option, which is not as invasive as surgery and would give excellent results. Well, Dr. Chowdhury, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for a very informative conversation. That's Dr. Jathendra Chowdhury, a cardiologist at Reed Health. Ask your doctor if TAVR is right for you. You can call 765-962-1337 to schedule your appointment today. Or for more information, please visit reedhealth.org to get connected with one of our providers. That concludes this episode of Right Beside You, a Reed Health podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Read Health podcasts. I'm Prakash Chandran. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk next time.